in this situation. Knocked down. Supposed to be on mission for God. And now the Christians who he's supposed to be partnered with, they don't accept, accept him. He's alone. Afraid. Discouraged. Frustrated. Confused. What's going on in this situation? And you've got to love this. Because here it comes. It says, Then Barnabas. Then Barnabas. Everybody was afraid of him. Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had been with the Lord on the way to Damascus. We learned last week as a difference maker, one of the best things you can do to start off in this difference maker process is first just develop relationships. Develop friendships. Just say, hi, my name is Mike Gray. And introduce yourself. And you never know where that's going to lead. Then Barnabas. Everybody else was afraid. When you start developing relationships, then guess what? That's going to lead to the second step, which is discover stories. Barnabas discovered Paul's story, Saul's story. Who told the apostles? Who told the apostles about Saul's story? It was not Saul. Look at it. It says, then Barnabas, Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had been with the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had so spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. Barnabas, on behalf of Saul, told his story. He discovered, he discovered Saul's story and then he was telling it. See, a difference maker knows that when we... A lot of times when we develop friendships and discover stories, we're listening to people, but only listening to respond. We're not listening to understand. Everybody in Jerusalem knew Saul's story. See, this is the difference. Everybody knew his story, but not everybody was willing to understand Saul's story. Barnabas understood it. He's like, I'm, this is the loving thing to do. I'm going to look past your failure, Saul. I'm going to look past what, what you did, what you did. And I'm going to see what God is doing in this situation. I'm going to see what God is doing in your story. And then I'm going to get on board with what God is doing. Everybody else knew and listened to Saul's story, but not everyone understood it. Then Barnabas. Who's been a Barnabas in your life? that has encouraged you, that has understood your story, that has seen your weaknesses, that has seen you get knocked down, but they've helped you get back up. Thank God for the Barnabases in our life. But also, who do you need to be a Barnabas to today? Who is it that is knocked down, that needs that word of encouragement, that needs you to see the best in them, to love them, understand them, and help get them back up? Discover stories, develop friendship or just develop friendships, discover stories, which leads to the next thing, the third step, which is discern next steps. Barnabas tells the apostles this is what's going on with Saul. They accept him and they unleash him into ministry to do what God had told him to do. Go and reach the Gentiles. And so it goes on to say that Saul stayed with the apostles and went all around Jerusalem with them, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. He got back up. He got knocked down. Get back up. He debated with some of the Greek-speaking Jews, and they tried to murder him. Okay? He gets knocked back down again. And it says, when the believers heard about this, 
you got to love this in, in, in Scripture. I love the honesty of the Bible. If you ever read through it, there's some things in there that are just fun, at least funny to me. When the believers heard about this, they took him down to Caesarea, and they sent him the way to Tarsus, his hometown. So, nice try. You've done good. Uh, but you're, you're disrupting things. You're, you're fired. Uh, go home. Go back to your hometown, Tarsus. And then for added measure, thank you, Luke, the author of Acts, who also adds this in. Then, the church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. Not just in that area, like the whole area. And then it became stronger as the believers lived in fear of the Lord. And with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it also grew in numbers. Saul, nice try. Thank you for living out that vision that God had for your life. But um, go home. And they grew in peace. They got stronger. And we grew in numbers. This guy's out of here. Sometimes we get knocked down. We have this vision that God's called us to do. We're wondering, where, where am I? Who am I? What am I supposed to be doing in this? A difference maker will get back up. We see Saul, we see Paul as one of the greatest missionaries, as one of the greatest leaders who, who not only changed his world, but he changed it now today, 2,000 years later. But his start, his beginning was brutal. And in fact, it kind of gets worse because the next time we see Paul, times without number, faced death again and again. Five times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Are you getting a a feel for what's going on here. I was once stoned, not with me. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. Robbers. I faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and in the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers who are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty. I have gone, often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold, without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then besides all this, I had the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak? Who is weak without my feeling that weakness? Who is led astray and I do not burn with anger? If I must boast... I would rather boast about the things that show how weak I am. Saul is supposed to be on this mission, reaching the Gentiles, reaching the kings, reaching the world. And he's in Tarsus. I, I thought God was going to unleash things in my life and, and, and in my family and in my ministry and... I'm here in Los Alamos. What are you doing, God? Uh, you know, I thought my career would be further along. I thought we'd be pursuing these things. And I'm stuck in a job that I hate, that I can't stand, that can't, can't get me anywhere. I thought, I thought my marriage was going to be on fire, and we would just, you know, everything's going great, and we ended in divorce. Or it's hanging on by a thread. I thought... I thought all these addictions and things that, man, they, they're just, they're killing me. I, I, it's like every day they're in my face reminding me of how much of a failure I am. And I don't know what to do. Some of you are in a season where you're in crisis. 
You're knocked down. Someone said something about you and you don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. It's like, God, you're laughing at me. What do we do? What do you do when you get knocked down? Paul, one chapter later in 2 Corinthians, he said this. He said um, he had this thorn in his flesh. We don't know if it was like a physical ailment that he had, or we don't know. He also described it as like a messenger from Satan, so we don't know if it was like a metaphor for like a person. But whatever this thorn in the flesh was, he says that, he says, three different times I begged the Lord to take this away. I don't want this thing in my life. And three different times, the way he begged that, you can kind of see it as like three different series, seasons. It wasn't just like, oh, instant here, and I prayed here, and I prayed. It's like three different seasons in my life. I was begging. I was fasting. I was pleading. I was praying. God, take this away. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, humbled himself and dove into our mess, into the junk. And what did he get? He was beaten, mocked, spit upon. Lashes, beaten down, crucified. On the eve of his crucifixion, he's like, God, if there's any other way, take this cup from me. I don't want this. We're in Tarsus. I don't want to be in Tarsus. What are you doing? What does a difference maker do? Jesus prayed, not my will, God, but your will be done. A difference maker, a difference maker will, will recognize that what seems like a setback is often a setup. What seems like a setback is often a setup for God to do something great. The response to the thorn in his flesh, God said to, to Saul, each time God said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. See, Paul could boast about all those weaknesses. He wasn't going to complain about them, although he could have. He was going to boast in them because he knew that God's plan, God's purpose is always greater than his pain. That what seemed like a setback was going to be a set up for what God was going to do. A difference maker will recognize that oftentimes what is that pain, whatever that pain is, whatever that suffering is, we don't want those things, but that pain is often going to be what my purpose is. It's going to be your platform if you allow God to use it. That's the connection point that people have with you um, in your story. He says, he says, so now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses. I'm not going to hide my weaknesses. I'm going to boast about my weaknesses. See, this is the thing, this is the thing that difference makers know. This is why you will get back up. Because other people connect with your story. It is your, those, those hard things in your life, they are watching you to see, are you going to stay down? Because that's where the enemy wants you. He wants to, you, those things to destroy you, to be the end of you, to settle and stay down. But though I, a righteous man, a godly man, falls seven times, what? He gets back up. 
other people will watch that, other people will see that, and they will connect with that. And that is exactly what the gospel is. It is Jesus coming down to us, to earth, saying, hey, I want your story to connect with God's story, which is that he wants a relationship with you. So when you get back up and you say, hey, my story is connected to God's story, people watch that, they want to be a part of that. That's going to make a difference in their life, that you get back up. He says, I am glad to boast in my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, the hardships, the persecutions, the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The power of Christ works through you in your weaknesses. It's how God has chosen to work. And I know some of you in here today, you're knocked down. Whatever you thought was supposed to be, it, it, it's not what it should be, what I want it to be. You're frustrated, you're confused, you're going through a, a tough time. And it's not to negate all of that. But let me be a Barnabas to you today and help you get back up and say you can get back up. <coughs> that there's hope. That whatever you're facing today, that God can use it. That he would use his power in your weakness. And he will use it not only to heal you, but he'll use it to heal others. That's what Christ, Christ's suffering on the cross healed us. And he wants to use you and your story to heal others. I know it's dark. I know it's dark. It was dark on Friday when Jesus died on that cross. It looked like death had won. And on Saturday, on Saturday, when maybe they were hoping for something, on the Saturday, what? There was nothing. Imagine that Saturday. There was silence. God, I need you. Nothing. Nothing. You need to know. There's a resurrection coming on Sunday. That's what we trust in. That's what our hope is in. So even though it's dark, I'm trusting, I'm putting my faith, not in my circumstances, not in my power, but in the power of God that he can use any situation, anything I've gone through, and he can use it for his good. That's the, that's the beauty of the cross. That's the beauty of, of what we celebrate here today. So there is a resurrection story coming, and I'm telling you today that your story is too important. And our God is too big for you to stay down. So I know, I know that you have been burned by that relationship, but it is time to get back up and forgive one more time. I know that, that your marriage is hanging on by a thread, and you may want to just walk, it would be easier just to walk away, and it's time to get back up and love Again, I know that addiction, that thing that is haunting you, it is beating you down and knocking you down. It is like it is mocking you and laughing in your face, and you failed over and over. But it is time to get back up and try again. I know you have, this church has just started, and you have, you've been burned by the church. We all have our, our burned by the church story. But we know that this is... 
God's chosen instrument to reach a lost world is his bride. And he's saying, commit again. Dive in again. Get up and commit to this thing again. Because as messy as it is, this is his chosen instrument. I know. I know you've invited that person to church before. You've shared your story before. And they've rejected you before. But God is saying it's time to get back up and invite them Again, you never know what getting up and taking that next step will lead to in your life. You never know what's on. You, you might just start running. You might just break free, and that's the step where you start walking. You get up, and you, you take that next step, and you start running. You, you get up, and you take that next step, and you finish the race. You get back up, and you say, I'm getting past my failures, past my insecurities, past my doubts, past my frustration, and I'm getting back up, and I'm rising again, and I'm stepping into freedom. I'm going to step into what God has called me to do. I'm going to step into my destiny, into my purpose, into my calling. That was what God has called us to do, to get back up. And you never know, you never know what might happen when you take that next step. Those years, those ten years for Saul, were not silent years whatsoever. They were not wasted years whatsoever. Paul was not an overnight success ten years later, and like, oh, we go on this grand missionary journey. No, he had been working it hard. And then, ten years later, in Acts chapter 11, in Acts chapter 11, ten years later, the church in Antioch is blowing up. The Gentiles are being reached. And Barnabas knew, Barnabas knew Saul's story. He understood what God was this. And then we got it. Here it comes. And then Barnabas. Then Barnabas went on to Tarsus to look for Saul ten years later. And when he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. And both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. It was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. And then they go, you read the rest of Acts, and they change the world. You never know what getting up and taking that next step just might unleash in your life. I want to tell you, if you're down, if you're knocked down, don't give up today. If something's got you weak, don't give up today. Get back up. Let God use you in a powerful way, in a mighty way. Let me be a Barnabas to you today. Let Freedom Church be a Barnabas to you today and encourage you. Say, get back up one more time. And let's try and let's see this thing out. Each of you, each of you, you've got these invitation cards. Your challenge is to go and, and give these out over the course of the next two weeks as well to invite people to see what God's going to do. But each of you got two cards. And as we close out this morning, God wants to use you to be a difference maker in someone's life. More than likely, He might use your weaknesses in, in order to connect with that other person and to reach them. And so this morning, you're going you're gonna to take these cards, one you're going to keep, and the other one, um, when the band plays here in a minute, you're going to actually take it back to one of our small group leaders. And what you're going to do, you're going to write the first name, just the first name, of someone in your life who you need to be a difference maker to. Someone in your life who you are going to not only pray for for Easter weekend, but you're, you're going to actually invite to Easter weekend. And, and, and you might even be... A difference maker that says, hey, not only am I going to invite you, but I'm going to bring you. You've got this awesome lunch that's going to be taken on afterwards, too. I'm actually going to, if I need to, I'll do whatever it takes and I'll bring you, too. 
But if you're so bold and willing enough to do that, I, I want to encourage every single one. God wants to use your story and you to be a difference maker in the lives of others. Take this card. Take a pen. You're going to write the first name of somebody on there. You're going to keep one, and then you're going to go to the back to our small group leaders, and you're going to hand them one. And here's the other thing. We are in this together. All of this mission, we are in this thing together. And so those small group leaders, if you want to, you can be like, hey, I'm going to be a difference maker to Tom. And they'll just they'll pray for you. They'll pray for you, and they'll pray for Tom, because we are in this thing together. You don't have to pray with them, but if you want to, that's what they're there for. I want to take this time that we'll be active, that we'll actually be responding. We'll be difference makers. Next week, we're not meeting. We are not meeting next week. Why? So we can go be a difference maker in time life. Whoever that is for you, let God do it. If you need a pen, they got pens in the back, too. But you let God speak to you. If he's already put that face in your, in your head, if he's already put that name in your head, you can just write it down. You can write more than one, too, if you want to. But then keep this card with you. Keep this card as a reminder. Hey, I'm, I'm a difference maker in someone's life. Let's go and be the church, Freedom Church. Let's go and be the church. I'm going to pray, and then we will get up and we'll move. God, we thank you for today. I thank you for the Barnabases in my life who have encouraged me, who have helped me, seen past my failures, seen past my mistakes, and they just love me. They take the time to understand me, and they build me up. They bring out the best in me. Father, help me to be a Barnabas to somebody else. To, when I get knocked down, or when they get knocked down, to see the best in them and lift them back up, Father. And I just pray for the person who you put on my heart, the person who I need to invite, Father, that you would give me the courage to be a difference maker in their life. Open up their hearts to be receptive to hearing from you. And Father, on Easter Sunday, we'll give you the praise regardless of what happens. But we just thank you that you allow us, in all of our mess, in all of our shame, you still love us and want us to be a difference maker. You want us, just like a little child, to get back up on our feet and try to walk again. And you take so much glory when we do that, when we take those next steps. So Father, help us, each of us in this room, to get up and take that next step. God, we love you. And we don't do it for us. We do it for them and we do it for you. In your glory. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.